0: Well, uh, talking about joy today, right? Uh, Christmas is, of course, a, a time of great joy. Uh, and you probably don't need me to remind you yet again that obviously the last couple of years have not necessarily been just. The most joyful of times for, for most of us. Uh, but, but even in the midst uh, of that, the hard times the last couple of years, I, I wanna kind of draw our attention like, and, and, and remind you like, do you remember some of the things that have happened uh, as, as the pandemic kind of started? Like, at the very beginning, I don't know if you'll remember this, but in March, late March of 2020, there were like news reports of people putting back up their Christmas lights. Right, Just to have a little bit of cheer, just to spread a little bit of joy uh, to their neighbors, to just kind of be a, a, an inspiration, if you will. Um, and, and even this, this, this Christmas, last Christmas, you, you've seen more and more folks like kind of get the, the Christmas decorations, the lights out early, start listening to the, the Christmas music a little bit early. And let's just be straight that in a typical year... Anything before the day after Thanksgiving is early, friends. Um, that's early, but that's, that's where I land anyway. But, but, but I understand there's grace. The last couple of years have been a little different. Uh, but why were more and more of us kind of like in a hurry to just have a little bit of Christmas? Right? Because people generally think of Christmas as a time of joy. Right, we think of Christmas as a time of joy. So when we're walking through days that don't, don't seem particularly joyful, uh, we long for a little, little Christmas. like a, a, For a taste of that joy that we remember and look forward to each year. To, to see those lights and let them bring us some joy. Uh, to listen to a little Nat King Cole that, that brings us joy. Uh, to watch some of our favorite Christmas movies. You know, It's a Wonderful Life and Elf and Christmas Vacation and Die Hard. It is a Christmas movie. We can argue. We can agree to disagree. It's fine. It's probably in Ronnie's top five now. Probably not. Uh, But when you think about this time of year from a kid's perspective, right, whether that's thinking back on your time as a kid growing up, or, or, or thinking about like through the perspective of your parent through your kids—is there they were little, or maybe they're little right now—and and just the joy, the the anticipation of joy, and, and and what's coming, right? Just thinking about Christmas morning, like what's gonna be there under the tree for me? Um, we have three kids, uh, by the way. Now uh, they're aged nineteen, seventeen, and thirteen, uh, and I love thinking back on just some of those earlier years of their life and some of the like fun just zany things that they would come up with on their Christmas list. Like our youngest child, Levi, uh, our 13-year-old, almost 14 now, uh, when he was about five, I remember uh, one of the items on his Christmas, it was a great Christmas list that year. Like he had like some, you know, normal, typical boy things that he wanted. Uh, but then there was like gum, You know, I was like, we can deliver this. I'm confident we can come up with answering this this request. But also on that same list was, I want a remote control robot that will clean my room. And and Crystal and I just like kind of looked at each other as we're reading this and sitting down with him and, and thought to ourselves, does he want a Roomba? Is that what he wants for Christmas? Because that doesn't sound like the most exciting Christmas gift for a five-year-old or anyone, really. Uh, so we asked him, Levi, do you want a Roomba? And as we're explaining to him what a Roomba actually is, because he has no idea, it's very clear that a Roomba will not deliver all that Levi is wanting for Christmas. No, he literally wants a robot that will not just vacuum his room randomly, but will like, pick up and organize and make his bed for him. But very specifically, it needed to have a remote control. Why? I have no idea. Uh, maybe he just still wanted to have a little bit to do with the process or something. But, but I, I don't know why I'm sharing this story. The, the point is that for a kid, even with a kid with a wild imagination who invents something on their list that we cannot possibly deliver, when it comes time for Christmas morning... There's joy at what is there, right? There's this, this is just a joy about what is there under the tree. But as much as I love the lights and, and the music and the movies and the gifts, those things aren't capable in and of themselves of sustaining lasting joy, right? They really are kind of just a shadow of, of, of the true joy uh, that, that can let us you know they can help us they can be an instrument to help point us to and enjoy the the true source of joy but they're just a shadow right they they can be a vehicle that can allow us to experience joy even in the most difficult of seasons and kind of get us to the joy that will sustain us in those seasons, joy that endures and lasts. The kind of joy that we see in our text today, uh, Luke chapter one, uh, verses 39 through 56. So if I invite you to turn there in your Bibles, if, if you will. Uh, Luke one, 39, 56. This is the word of the Lord. In those days, Mary arose and, and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Well, a little context just to kind of keep in mind here in, in this passage, like in the verses right before this is the angel Gabriel visiting Mary and, and giving her a word uh, about what's about to happen, that she's about to have a baby. And Mary, of course, is like likely a teenager. She's engaged, but not yet married. Uh, she's a virgin. So she asks a question of faith. Like so it's not like the typical teenager question when she says, how is this going to happen? Like, how is this going to happen? Like, this is impossible. No, it's, she, has a, she asks in faith, okay, this is going to happen, but how? Explain it to me. I want to understand. And in explaining how the Holy Spirit will make this impossible thing happen, the angel also mentions Mary's relative, her cousin Elizabeth, who is believed to be barren, uh, but in her old age is now six months pregnant. And Gabriel mentions Elizabeth both as an as a illustration that with God, Anything, all things are possible. Nothing will be impossible for him. And in bringing up Elizabeth, Gabriel's also subtly kind of encouraging Mary, go see for yourself what God can do. Go go pay a visit and see for yourself. And so in verse 38, you see Mary displaying this profound faith and yielding herself completely to God and to his plans for her. She calls herself a servant of, of the Lord and says, let it be to me according to your word. Knowing that as she says that, what she actually means is, let it be to me that I be disgraced as an unwed, single, impoverished mother. And it's good for us to remember that that Mary lives in this culture where there is absolutely no understanding or acceptance for someone in her situation. Not exactly the, the typical kind of recipe for joy. But she trusts and she submits to God in faith, and at the suggestion of of Gabriel, she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth. And in this visit with Elizabeth, these these two amazing women of faith, they they teach us some powerful lessons about joy, true and lasting joy. They help us see the source of joy, the response of joy, and the reason for joy. First, we see the source of joy. Do you ever think about, uh, you know, here in a few weeks, and I'm sorry to be the downer already, but... Why is it that January and February are just so sad, Uh, you know, right? Because eventually the tree is dried up and it's gonna burn our house down if we don't take the lights off of it and get it out, right? Um, Eventually those lights, they start to lose a little bit of their luster. Uh, Eventually we're ready to listen to some new music and watch something new. Uh, Somewhere between 30 minutes and a month after that Christmas morning, those uh, new toys are just not that exciting anymore, right? And don't get me wrong, I love, I love Christmas. I love all those things. I, I'm not trying to be a downer. But those things are, are, again, they're just shadows of true joy. They aren't the actual source of joy in and of themselves. They invite us to enjoy in them, uh, to, to, to enjoy them to the full as an instrument of the true source of joy. And while the instruments may change from kind of season to season, from moment to moment, the source of joy remains the same. And we see that source here in the passage. The source of joy is our triune God. Right? When Mary shows up, she says hello to Elizabeth. Uh, the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth. It, it, it fills the baby in her womb, right? Who just happens to be John the Baptist, by the way. Uh, the Spirit fills them with joy, causing Elizabeth to, to shout out in praise and, and causing the baby in her womb to leap for joy. But this is, of course, all in response to Mary's greeting, right? Mary, Mary's presence coming into the room and with her, the presence of Jesus in her womb. He's the true source of joy. He's the source of joy. The wonder of the word made flesh coming to dwell among us. Elizabeth and her baby experiences. Jesus comes into their home, into their presence. The eternal son of God becoming man, coming to us, coming for us to be both as both fully God and fully man to provide rescue from sin and death. That's the true source of joy. Jesus is the the boundless true source of joy. He's not bound by how long we can keep the tree alive at Christmas time. He's not bound by, by how long we can keep ourselves from getting bored or losing focus. He's not bound by the circumstances that we find ourselves in, however good, however hard they might be. He is the source of limitless joy because he came for us and he's coming again and bringing with him the fullness of his kingdom of glory and joy. And even as we wait for that second advent, his second coming, his presence is with us now, inviting us to abide in him and experience sustaining joy as we press into him by faith, his, his presence is in us in the person of the Holy Spirit, dwelling within us, able to fill us like he fills Elizabeth and, and John, giving us, empowering us with true and sustaining, lasting joy. That's available to you even now, friends. The source of joy is with you and in you if you are in Christ. We also see here the response of joy. Like Joy always leads to a response. Uh, I'm about to make maybe uh, many of you in this room hate me, um, but I'm okay, and I'm I'm okay to do that. But I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, okay? So, and I come by, honestly, I was born and raised in Kansas City, and and I'm a big Chiefs fan, so uh, I lived through a long, dry spell of many dark years of being a Chiefs fan until the advent of Patrick Mahomes, Uh, (laughs) right? But on Thursday night, I'm watching my Kansas City Chiefs play the, uh, the I want to call them the San Diego, the LA Chargers, uh, battling for first place in our division. Like that's on the line. And it's an epic game. And it looks pretty bleak for my Chiefs. They're going late into the game, but they rally to tie the game, force it to overtime, and then walk off touchdown to win. There was Rejoicing, there was joy. There was great joy in my household. And because there was grace, great joy, there was some shouting, all of it appropriate. And, and there was some jumping, and there was some fist pumping. Uh, you know, you, you, just, you just can't sit there and not respond in those moments, right? You, you have to move, you have to say something, you have to let your neighbors know, and I did my very best to let all my neighbors know that there was happiness and joy at the Jones household. Uh, that's how some of us respond and react to sporting events. That's how some others respond to Hallmark movies. But, but if that's how we react to those sorts of things, how much more, how much more should we respond to the coming of our Savior and King and the joy that he brings? Now we see we see an appropriate response of joy modeled here for us in this passage, right? Elizabeth Elizabeth's baby leaps for joy in her womb, showing us that it's appropriate to respond to joy physically, to respond to the joy of Jesus physically. Like we are whole persons, body and soul. And I say this as someone who, like if we put on the dance music right now, I'd be the last person to actually start dancing and, and enjoying that moment with you. Uh, but we are whole people, body and soul. And we're, we're invited to, to worship and enjoy the Lord with our bodies in, 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 in celebration, right? A physical response to joy is appropriate. Like if we could throw our hands up at a football game, we, we, can, we can raise our hands in worship of our king who brings us real, lasting, sustaining joy that won't be gone the next week when it doesn't go so well. A vocal response to to proclaiming, proclaiming our joy and telling others about it is also appropriate. That's what Elizabeth does here, as you see in verses 42 through 45. and, and Elizabeth just announces without any sort of prior notification, right, any, any sort of heads up, she just announces that Mary is carrying her Lord. She, she just announces that, that she knows that Mary has believed the word that God has spoken to her and has received that with faith. This is an amazing testimony of faith. Like, it's pretty common for us in the, the, the world of, of Christianity to give Peter the credit, like, as the first one to kind of proclaim Jesus is the Christ, right? But right here, even before Jesus is born, you have Elizabeth confessing that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. He's our Lord. How, how does she know that? The Holy Spirit. She's filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Apostle Paul confirms that this is the way it works for all of us, right? First Corinthians 12, three, 3 says, that no one can truly call call Jesus Lord unless the Spirit enables them to do so. And so the, the Holy Spirit enables Elizabeth the ability, and she proclaims that truth loudly with great joy. The same Spirit gives that ability to all of us who believe in Christ, who trust in him, and so we should proclaim it loudly to all who will listen from your neighborhood to the ends of the earth, to share that joy, to, to give it a, a vocal proclamation. That's an appropriate response. And, and Elizabeth's proclamation of faith moves, moves Mary to sing this beautiful song, right? filled with, with joy, filled with hope. Right? Singing is also an appropriate response. Singing in response to the joy of knowing that Jesus has looked upon the humble condition of his people. There's a, a great theologian, named Buddy the Elf, who said, it, who said it really well, right? The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. You know it, right? But he's right. He's absolutely, like seriously, he's right. Joy, joy has to be shared. It has to be shared to really be enjoyed. It has to be shared because it's in our sharing of joy with others that we actually kind of complete our enjoyment of that thing. Right, telling them about it, singing, singing to them about it. It's in our sharing that our joy is made complete. So it's also true to say that the best way to experience Christmas cheer is sharing it loudly for all to hear. C.S. Lewis, a little bit more intellectually, uh, explains it like this. He said, the world rings with praise, right? Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, I don't understand that one. And even sometimes, I definitely don't understand some of this, even sometimes politicians and scholars, just as men spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. Right? Think about that. Why do we feel the need when we're about to eat some glorious meal to take a, a photo of it and post it to Instagram? Right? Why is it at my house uh, every night that there's a beautiful sunset, my wife feels the need to like, call everyone out to come behold the glory of the beautiful sunset? Why is it that Ronnie has to share with us a picture every day of the Christmas record that he <laughs> happens to be listening to? Right? Because it is in the sharing of those things that that we complete and we maximize our own enjoyment of them. Joy moves us to respond because in responding and sharing about it, our joy is made complete. And lastly, we see the reason, right? The reason for our joy. Why does the presence of Jesus in the womb move the spirit to fill Elizabeth and her unborn baby with joy? Mary's song tells us why. The content of her song tells us why. God has looked on our humble condition and done great things for us, she sings. He, holy is his name. He, he has come for the broken and the lowly, bringing his mercy for those who humble themselves to fear him. Right? That's the good news and the true joy of Christmas. Jesus hasn't come for the powerful people, right? Right? He hasn't come uh, for the people who have it all going for them. He hasn't come for people who have it all together, who are able to clean themselves up and fix themselves for themselves. Mary doesn't sing that she's discovered like this new approach to life. Uh, She doesn't sing about how she's making a fresh start from this day forward and everything's going to be different. No, she sings, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Jesus comes with mercy for all who would humble themselves and trust in him. He comes for all of us who would do that. All of us. He comes scattering the proud, bringing down the mighty, sending the rich away empty. He comes lifting up the humble and filling the hungry. In other words, Jesus shows us that That the ground before him is level. No one is any better or any worse than anyone else before before the foot of the cross. His mercy is for absolutely anyone who would see the poverty of their own soul, who see the reality of their own sinfulness and their desperate need for rescue, and see the provision of that rescue in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That it's available. Notice how Mary is, is singing about all of this as though it has already been accomplished, like past tense, it's happened. And yet it's so early on in her pregnancy, she's not even starting to show yet. Mary has this just tremendous faith and confidence that God fulfills his plans. He keeps his promises. And so that she knows that if God says he's going to do something, it's as good as done. It's as good as already done. Her song is proclaiming, in it that these pieces have come together. They are coming together and God is fulfilling. He's keeping his everlasting covenant with his people through the baby that she's carrying in her womb. Jesus is the promised redemption for God's people. He is the promised reconciliation between God and humanity. He is the blessing not just to Israel but the the promise given to Abraham. He's the blessing to every nation, to all nations. All that God has promised Abraham and his descendants was about to come to pass, and it did. Jesus was born as as promised. He lived the sinless life that you and I never could. He offered righteousness in our place to God, perfectly keeping God's law in all the ways that we fail to keep it at every point. And then he went to the cross and he exchanged that righteousness for our sin, and he died the death that we deserve in our place shedding his blood to pay our debt in full, absorbing the full cup of God's wrath in our place and turning it to favor and grace. And on three days later, God raised him from the dead, displaying the father's full acceptance of his sacrifice for us. And Mary sang like it was finished before Jesus was even born. But but now where do we stand? We stand on the other side of the cross in the empty tomb. So now the reason for our joy at Christmas is that Jesus did come. And it is finished. The work has been complete. The reason for our joy is that his mercy is available to anyone, absolutely anyone who would see their need and come to him and embrace him in faith. The reason for our joy is that he's He's promised to us that he's coming again to usher in the fullness of his kingdom of glory and joy where there will be no more suffering, no more sin, no more death, just perfect joy forever and ever with our King Jesus. Christmas reminds us that God keeps all of his promises. He keeps all of his promises, and so we can have great joy knowing that Jesus will come again to do that very thing. The certain hope that you have in Jesus is the reason and the source of joy that invites us to respond, enjoying Jesus and sharing that hope with others to make our joy complete and invite them to share it with us. Friends, the invitation is will, will we be willing to look past all the wonderful entrapments that we enjoy this time of year, to look past the, however bleak or however awesome our circumstances are right now and see the true source of joy that's available to us in Jesus, to see our need for him, to see his gracious provision, to embrace him, to trust in him, to find our joy in him and to sing it loud for everyone to hear. And friends, when you do that, You can sing like that day has already happened, that he has come again, and he's brought his kingdom in fullness because he's promised to. And when he does that, it's as good as done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful uh, for the opportunity to to worship together today, to to sit under your word, to be reminded of, of the joy that has been made available to us in the person of your son who came to us as a humble baby who lived in our place, who died for us, who was raised for us. Lord, would you open our eyes, open our hearts to see, to believe, to trust that the rescue we need has been provided in Jesus. Help us to see our need, help us to see the provision and help us to find our joy in him. Lord, would you fill our hearts with joy that we cannot contain, that we have to share with others to to make our joy complete, but also invite others to, to find and complete their joy as well. Lord, we pray that you would sustain us by your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, amen.